With WWDC a few weeks away, the chatter about the company's headset is getting louder. But the reality is, Apple has other products in the pipeline, products that we are more excited about. We talk about these products in this episode of the Macworld Podcast. Welcome to the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola here with Jason Cross. Good morning. And Michael Simon. Hello, sir. So according to various reports, Apple's putting a lot of effort into its AR, VR venture. I can't speak for my colleagues here. Sure you can. <laughs> well, maybe you know what I'm going to say then. I find the whole headset thing just kind of meh, I guess. Well, I, it's just been, it's been so long. Like, it's I'm interested in it, I guess, but it's been, what, like... Almost two years of it's coming out in next month and took three months and this it's it's been a long time of hearing and it's all very vague stuff and we still don't know when or if it is. I, I don't expect to be able to afford one until like twenty twenty seven. And it's you know, it's just it's 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 a lot to digest and it's yeah, I agree. It's kind of like all right, enough already. I like I take exception to the there's things we're more excited about. I, that is the thing I'm most excited about just because it's a new category. It's a new thing and it's like I think Ming-Ching Kuo said this in some analyst uh, uh, report or something he was pontificating for himself saying like if if Apple can't make VR and AR a thing, nobody can. Right, like it's over. Yeah. It's it will always be this niche little market for you know, as accessories, it would never be a big global market. And he's kind of right in the sense that Apple has the best custom hardware people, the best designers, the best like uh, relationships with all the suppliers and manufacturers and everything, incredible software people, incredible URB. Like they have, they're at the top tier of like a, a mountain of money. Like they're at the top of like everything you would need there's no excuse like if nobody it'll be too expensive this first one for sure i mean we know that everyone's expecting that it would still set an expectation and get everybody to go wow and say geez i can't wait till i get one of those like if they can't do that then who's gonna do that microsoft amazon microsoft already tried they didn't and hololens was what that was their thing and it didn't work Facebook's been doing it for years and they sell a few million, but it's not going anywhere. After years, there should be 40 million people using an Oculus and there's not. I mean, there's just not, it's just not, it, it could never be more than a fraction of the PlayStation users with Sony. It requires a PlayStation. So that's, that's always going to be a limited. So it's just never going to be this thing, the, the next big thing, the thing that's as big as a laptop or a phone or something, you know, that, that, Tens of millions of people around the world have and use regularly if Apple can't do it. So there's a lot of pressure on that. And I'm really excited to see it. But that said, it, it's not like that's all that Apple's got going on. There's other new stuff besides just the next iPhone, the next Apple Watch, the next Mac, and the, the AR headset. They're doing other things. And, and some of that's interesting. And I kind of want to see it. Yeah. So with that in mind, Mike, do you have... The, the product that I'm most interested to see that isn't the AR headset is the Mac Pro. And I know it's it's a, it's a little bit of low-hanging fruit. It's another thing that I'm, I'm never going to be able to afford. Even, even if I could, I wouldn't. Yeah. But I, I have always been fascinated by the, the top, top, top Mac that Apple sells. 
going back years. I remember I used to work at, you know, going back 20 years, I worked at a, at a small newspaper and they were redoing all their um, uh, servers and things. And I convinced them to get an XSurf at the time, mainly because I just wanted to play around with it. Like, I love like Apple's, Apple's top end stuff. Again, I won't buy a Mac Pro, but I am extremely interested to see it. And now even more than ever, because the rumors say like, it's really not much of anything. And I'm, I'm just fascinated to see like, how is Apple going to sell or spin a giant tower that doesn't have expandable memory, doesn't have, uh, you can't add graphics cards to, has a chip that's, you know, maybe a little faster than what we've seen, but not that much faster. And costs, you know, $6,000 or whatever it's going to cost. So, yeah, I I don't know if that's WWDC. I don't know if it just pops up on Apple's website one day. Like the whole – this whole delay. Like we've heard that it's it's still going to be in a tower similar to the current Mac Pro but like smaller but like the same design. Or then we've other heard people say it's the same exact case. I'm very curious to see what they do that makes me think – well, why didn't they just update the Mac Studio? And that's close enough. That's gets you 90% of the way there for half the money. Like I don't like if there wasn't a Mac Studio, we'd get I'd get it. But if now that there's Mac Studio and we assume there should be M2 versions of the Mac Studio at some point, it, they really have to convince people that like, no, this needs to exist instead of just the M2 Ultra Mac Studio. This this really needs to be this thing. And so the Mac Studio like it didn't have an equal before it, it came out last year. Like the Mac Mini was the you know the Mac Mini became the, the Apple Silicon Mac Mini, the iMac became the Apple Silicon. The Mac Studio was this brand new product that is pretty high end if you get the Ultra with you know uh, sixty four gigs of RAM. I mean that is a a powerhouse machine. It's a Mac Pro basically. Yeah, like absolutely. You. With without expandability, with it's not modular. Yeah, we were just saying like, who's really buying a Mac Pro now? Like, what's like, who really need you? You have to really need it. If that's true, you need the forty thousand dollar Mac Pro. If you have eight to ten thousand dollars to spend, you're way better off getting a tricked out Mac Studio than whatever Mac Pro that gives you. You know, two. You can get two of them if you have ten grand. You can get one Mac Pro or two like. Mac Studios, basically. It's, it's, it's like five grand. It's been uh, two, almost two years since they announced the chip, and you, I, you would have thought the Mac Pro would have come out, you know, last fall, maybe. Like, here it is, and here's the here's what it does. So, the, the M1 model came out in November 2020. So, we're talking about two plus years. The transition was supposed to be two years. We, we blew past that. And now, we're getting into the middle of 2023, and it's, they're still selling. Not only is it Intel. It's Intel from like a I don't know five years ago. Yeah, it's not even a it's not a very new Intel workstation chip. It's it's way behind, and they made a lot of improvements in the last couple of years. Intel has. It's not just like you're not just missing your ten percent speed bump a year. It's more than that. Or they need to come out and go like you know what the Mac Studio is so great. Here's our newest Mac Studios. There doesn't need to be a Mac Pro. The best Mac Studio with the Ultra is it's that's our Mac Pro, and that's that'd be fine too. Just like let us know, <laughs> let us stop wondering. Has it been a year since John Turnus did that? Yeah, uh, little tease in the video. That that was at the tail end of the spring event last year, which was in March. When they that's when they introduced the Mac Studio, and he said that there's just one left, which wasn't even true at the time because there was there was still the Mac Mini. But he said that there's there's just one left, but that's for another time. 
they were still selling an Intel Mac Mini, but they also still already had a Mac Silic- Apple Silicon Mac Mini. So they th- right the Mini the Mini had transitioned. Yeah, you could you could at least give them the benefit of the doubt on that. The tease made it sound like we have this big thing planned for you. Just wait, and everyone thought, okay, WWDC that didn't happen. Maybe October that didn't happen. Maybe the spring event that didn't happen. WWDC looks like it's for the headset. Are we gonna wake up one day and it's either gonna be a on Apple's website or it's gonna be gone from Apple's website? Like, what are those two things are in play? Like, they just discontinue it. You're like, you know what? Forget it. We're just not doing it. Uh, if they're gonna do that, it's gonna disappear quietly when an M2 version of the Mac Studio is released or something, right? Yeah, that's what happened with the 27-inch iMac. The Mac Studio with the Studio Display came out last March, and they pulled the 27-inch iMac, essentially saying, like, here's your replacement. It's not quite the same, but it's close. It's twice as expensive, but here's your replacement. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, maybe we'll get that this summer. I don't know, but I said that last summer. Yeah, well, I know. That's that's the point is we've been saying this for and, like- And the summer before, yeah. A couple times now going, well, what about the Mac Pro? I mean, June, June WWDC is June 5th. You know, that's the perfect time for it, but there's very few rumors to suggest that's going to happen. Jason, do you have a product besides the headset? We know you ought to see the headset. To me, the most interesting thing that it's persistently said that they're working on is the- um, HomePod with a display and a camera, or may, maybe not a display with a camera, but some people are saying it's like a soundbar or whatever, you know, but it's meant to hook up to a display. Uh, who knows? Uh, or there's two products. One's a soundbar, Apple TV, one's a HomePod with a display. Some people are like, it's a HomePod, you dock your, with a dockable screen, like an iPad, like who knows? But that's to me what I want to see. We first heard about it in March of 2021. Uh, Mark Gurman had the first sort of report saying they're working on this and it's not coming soon. It's not coming this year, maybe next year. And that was 2022. Now we're into 2023 and it kind of feels like it's time or it's close to time. The latest update we've heard on the timing of this was that there's a redesigned HomePod with like a seven inch display and it's coming in the first half of next year, 2024. That seems like exactly kind of what I want. Cause I definitely don't want to spend like $800 on a HomePod. <laughs> like I have a really fancy HomePod, like a thing with a seven inch display. I want to put it in my kitchen where I can like look at recipes or whatever. But I feel like Apple is better positioned than your Googles and Amazons to get the like, smart speaker with a display thing right uh that where where they aren't with the ones without a display without a display it's like well siri's not very good at not playing music or it's not good enough and and that is something they're apparently working on that's the other interesting part of this is they're working on integrating a large language model to siri uh, I don't want to call it chat GPT like, but that's the thing that will let people understand what I'm talking about. Like where you could converse with it and it gives you information, it gives you information pulled from the internet and stuff like that. And it's not just like I'm saying the right keywords in the right order. I'm, I'm talking to it. So like if they can combine that, but they also have better interface and UI, uh, chops than most. And they just redesigned the home app and it's pretty good. So like without too much work, make a screen, screen interface that's not an entire iPad with a book full of apps, but just has their own things to control your smart home. And it's a 
swaps through your photos, you know, you pick which photos you want to show and it's a photo frame thing. And it FaceTime is a way better way to call people and way more popular than how you would try and do this on what, Duo or whatever. On a, what is it? What is a Nest used now? Is it just Duo? Can you, is there any other way to call anyone? On that, uh, I'm not sure, but they, I know Duo's Google's thing. Yeah, and Alexa has, has Zoom and Alexa has its own integration, but not much else. But like FaceTime, a lot of people have iPhone. You're connect, you're you're calling people's iPhones and iPads and everything, not just other people with this screen thing. And it's good. And they have the center stage is exactly what you need for like a stationary device sitting over there. So so as you walk around the room, it's like zoomed in on you and everything. Like they've got all the pieces in place. They just need to make the proper interface for this thing and brush up series some. And it could be way better (laughs) than the Google and other other equivalent. What I forgot, Amazon Show, is it? Yeah, Echo, is that the Echo one show. with the screen? Yep. Echo Show? Yeah, it could be way better than those, or at least way more useful. That's a product I would buy. I would I'd look forward to that. I would use that every day. The way, and I would get be able to get rid of all my Google stuff and just use HomePod. The only reason I can't do that now is I really rely on the screen on the one in the kitchen, and that's a Google one. And that's now now I've got to have both ecosystems running in my house all the time. And it would have been. Almost like a perfect re or, or or rebirth of the HomePod, if the second gen model was like a, a speaker dock for the iPad. Yeah, if it had some sort of slot or something that you could just put your just iPad kind of on pop it. it on there, it turns into a different you know a different mode when you do it. Like the screen's you know different and shows you things, and still has the HomePod sound series built in. Like that's really all they need, you know. They would still charge three hundred bucks for it, <laughs> you know. There's no way it's going to be like a hundred dollars. Plus, they're selling i uh, they're selling iPads, right, <laughs> for that functionality. Yeah, as far as FaceTime, like Apple, really, they they let the whole pandemic go by. Like everyone's using Zoom, everyone's using Teams. FaceTime is like the superior experience there. It's almost it's, a it's, verb. It's become with the word. Yeah. Right. It's like that's that's the word. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna Facetime you, but it's a one-on-one thing. They never quite got the the, the group thing right. It doesn't work on online. You have to have an Apple device. So if they could figure out how to do that better, and they fix those, but not well. Like they, you could you can set a Facetime event in the future and send people a link, and they don't have to have an Apple device. They can join on the web. That's clunky. It's not the best way to do it. And like you said, the group stuff, it's very phone only oriented. Like it's got these little bubbles in a vertical list and stuff. It's not a great experience on, say, a big screen, like a Mac or something. Or Apple TV, yeah. Uh, FaceTime is evolving from the point of I'm making a one-to-one video call on my iPhone and it's evolving into more than that. Whereas things like Zoom and everything started from I'm holding a, an online meeting. <laughs> And I'm evolving out from that to casual use. So yeah, Apple has some work to do there, but I know that every single family member I have that lives on the other side of the country, I could say FaceTime mom and it would call her up and she would, I'd see her face and she'd see me walking around my kitchen and I could talk to her and look at her and it would be 
easy. Nobody has to download anything. Yeah, that's still, that's, that's, they, they just have such a, a slam dunk there if they could just make the product and price it right. And people already set up these kind of makeshift systems. I was just, uh, the other day, I was at my uncle's house for Easter and my aunt was in the hospital. So we all called her for, you know, to say hi. And he, you know, one sec, he breaks out the stand, he puts the iPad on, and everyone gets around. Like people are doing it. People are using it for group calls. No one, like, I, I don't know what the numbers are, but I, my, my guess is very few people are, are doing like, like actual group calls with multiple, multiple people, but people gather around an iPad to call. Like, it's all there. All Apple has to do is brand it and sell it, and they're going to sell a ton of them. I feel like it's just a matter of internally focusing, just going like, this is an important thing to us. Let's focus and let's get this productized and get it out. So. I'm curious to see what they would do with that and just where, where the gaps are. Because you, as soon as you hear they're maybe working on that, you imagine all the things it should do. It's got to do this, this, and this, and all the things you know it's not going to do. Is it going to support Spotify? Fat chance. like, <laughs> Or at least not like have like an interface, like maybe just the same way a HomePod or something. But it's not going to have apps in a whole app store. It's going to have only its Apple's built-in apps. Like that wouldn't surprise me, but I do expect it to check certain boxes and you want to see what they've got and what's missing and where they surprise you. This is what I want. So this past weekend, I was driving to my cousin's house and I was thinking about my car and I realized that my car is 11 years old and I've never had any problems with it. It has like Uh-oh, 89. Don't, don't, don't say that, Roman. Not, not no, publicly. you said it. I know. I just jinxed, <laughs> on the podcast. I just jinxed myself. <laughs> uh, it has like 89,000 miles, which isn't really that much for an 11-year-old car, but it is city miles because I live in San Francisco. So I might be in the market for a car soon. It's not the Apple car, though. It's not the yeah, because you don't have starting at ninety grand or whatever, <laughs> like <laughs> right. So, but what what I do want to see is CarPlay. You know, we got this kind of demo, or not really a demo, but it was like I an guess, announcement. Yeah, yeah, an announcement of this like new implementation of CarPlay that kind of took over the dash and sort of used widgets for the components of the dash. It looked pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. Next generation CarPlay, yeah. Yeah, and so I drive an old Ford Escape, and it's you know, like I said, it's been a good, good, good car. So I, I don't need to replace it right away. But my wife drives a Chevy Volt, and she has CarPlay, and I love using it. I love using CarPlay with it. it so I'm thinking my next car, I would like to at least have CarPlay in it. <laughs> I don't think you, that's it's very hard to not get that. <laughs> I, I think you're okay there. You have to search for one that doesn't have CarPlay. But by the time I want to get a car, which might be in the next year or two, three, who knows who's going to be offering CarPlay anymore? Because, like, for instance, GM just announced that they're going to stop yeah. uh, supporting CarPlay. In, 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 their, electric, electric in their EVs, yeah. In their EVs, right. Which is what EVs. we're all going to. But by, what, 2030, they'll yeah. probably be half, half the cars on the road. Yeah. So they have a deal. They're working on their own custom software in collaboration with Google, which means it's Google Automotive, which is different than Google Auto. I mean, Android Auto. It's Android Automotive. And nobody's seen the interface or anything for this yet. But that is the idea is that they're building their custom interface the same way that 
not the same way. I should say, I was about to say the same way Tesla and Rivian and stuff have, but they actually build it themselves in house. GM is just swapping one third party partner for another. <laughs> They're terrible. First of all, the interfaces are terrible, but even when the interface is good, they get dated. They're not committed to, you're going to have your car for eight, 10 years or whatever. And it's, it's not going to continually get interface improvements, new features, blah, blah, blah. It just gets like at map updates every now and then. And it's about it. And only so far, the only people doing a good job of not thinking of it like that are Tesla and Rivian, the people who have their entire software teams in house to build this stuff. And they think of it as like, no, like continuously adding features and changing the interface and all that other stuff is part of what we're, we do. That's part of, for all our existing old cars. You have an eight-year-old car and it's still going to get new software updates that's not just like map data. So yeah, it's worrisome. The GM thing is worrisome. But the next generation CarPlay isn't, it's not something for your phone is the thing. I think there's a lot of confusion about this because they announced it together with iOS 16. Apple's version of it, they say, and this is their quote, this new version of CarPlay is specific to each vehicle accommodating unique screen shapes and layouts. Uh, new levels of personalization allow drivers to choose their gauge cluster design, including brand-specific options. So, number one, it's not built into your phone. It's built into the car because it will give you – it needs to tie into things like your speed, how much gas you have left or how much battery you have left, how, your odometer, all that. It's going to display all that stuff. Your phone doesn't have any of that info, so it's – and it has to work when your phone isn't with you. <laughs> so so it's going to be built into the car. It, it's a very small little blurb they have, but they call it the ultimate iPhone experience for the car. Yes. And I think Jason's 100% right where yeah. the car is going to look like CarPlay, you know, real fancy and all over the place. But it's not going to be wirelessly streaming anything from the phone. I'm sure it will sync Wait, to your well, phone. Well, maybe music. So you have, yeah, sure. Contacts and things, of course. Yeah, like which everyone does. But not like, the interface. Well, like, I, yeah, my car does that. It just – it pulls my calendar and contacts and stuff like over Bluetooth. But yeah, the interface will run from the car. This is essentially Apple's version of Android Automotive. Right. It sounds like what Google is doing with GM, but the Apple version of it. We just don't know who they're working with yet. Yes. So, and Apple also said they're going to announce the first cars at the end of this year. So, assuming that still happens, those cars won't ship till next year. So, they're going to start with like luxury Mercedes and BMWs and stuff that have like multiple, the ones that have like screens all over the dash, <laughs> like big and weird shaped screens and stuff. And then they'll filter out from there, right? Uh, Roman, like if you're looking to get a car with CarPlay, like, be excited about getting a car with a big screen and CarPlay from your phone, whatever's in CarPlay and iOS 17. But the next gen CarPlay thing, like you have to buy a specific car and it's going to be a luxury car <laughs> and it's not really on your phone. Yeah, I'm not getting a luxury car. Yeah. And there's a good chance that to unlock higher end features, you're going to have to pay for it because um, that's kind of where all these car companies are moving Tesla. Has a subscription service. BMW charges for some things. That's what GM wants to do as well. Yeah. According to the report, is the reason why they're getting rid of CarPlay is because they want to start charging for more features, tracking your usage as you drive, things like yeah. that. Yeah, they want the data. To be fair, at least to Tesla's thing, it's just you're just paying for mobile data. If you have if you have mobile data on your phone, you can hotspot like cook to that, to like Wi-Fi. 
and so it's just you're just paying for the the mobile. It doesn't it doesn't unlock other features. It's just so that you have cellular. They just need to pay AT and T or whoever for cellular data in your car. But without that, yeah, you're kind of limited. Like because to stream, if you want to stream music and stuff like that, you're like, well, I can. Yeah, it says on their site live traffic, uh, live camera, video streaming, karaoke, music streaming, internet. Brother, I didn't realize that was like your. Like those features that they just don't work <laughs> because you don't have access. Yeah, it's just literally you don't have an internet connection unless you have a cellular right, connection. It. It, they just pay quote premium connectivity. They is just paying your ten or fifteen bucks a month to essentially to you pay it to Tesla, but it's essentially paying AT and T or whoever for mobile data. I think AT and T is their partner in the U.S. That's what that is. It's not, yeah. and and you can, as far as I understand it, like. Uh, tethered to your phone. It is true that like Mercedes and all these other, uh, they've started to go into this. You've got to pay a subscription for like premium software features that don't exist. And it would not surprise me if this next gen CarPlay is like one, which begs the question, what if you don't? What happens when you stop paying or you never sign up? Well, you, you just don't know how fast you're going. Right. <laughs> right. Like what does the instrument cluster and all that other stuff show? Is it do you get some non car play, like real basic, ugly, made by Mercedes thing? Or is Apple the interface and you you just get other features like, you know, remote starting your car and other whatever you knows whatever. Or maybe you have maybe you have to pay. Maybe that's part of the car experience. If you buy this car, it costs you five dollars a month. But I again they have to have a thing for like if you your credit card changes and you don't change it. Like what happens when you stop paying? Like they do have to have a, a thing. That would be hilarious if like for some re- like your credit card got got stolen, you had to cancel your card, but you forgot to switch it on your account. Exactly. So then you go to start your car yeah, and you get a little alert that says something like, "I know." Enter your credit card number to use your car. <laughs> oh, that would be crazy. Maybe I don't want CarPlay after all. <laughs> I'm ex- well, I'm interested. Well, I'm interested in I this next generation yeah. CarPlay, but I, I'm. I'm cognizant of the idea that like all the people who love CarPlay because it's they they take their phone and they replace all the crummy media navigation built into their existing car. Like that's the next gen CarPlay. Ain't, that's not going to be that. It's going to be a f- so CarPlay is just for you know phone and entertainment. Like all the car stuff, gas and mileage, and that's all still there. Yeah, yeah. This new thing replaces all of that, and I, I agree. I don't know how. I don't know how it works. I can assure you, much like the Mac Pro, it's going to be a car that I can't afford <laughs> when, when they're announced. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be a $130,000 Mercedes electric car or something like that. Right. It, it will certainly have to be something that operates without your phone around because what if you don't have an iPhone or what if you leave it at home or whatever? And then it also, um, like you said, it, because it's pulling data from the core car functions – and it's going to take over like they say it's going to take over all the screens so opening windows and locks and every other adjustment that you would do from these screens it's got to tie into all those things in your car and you even talking about things like cruise control and and the, the those uh, ice those those lane those lane assist, lane keeping like assistance yeah parking assistance yeah so if you're excited about next gen carplay like understand that it means buying 
a new car that comes with it built in. Probably electric. I would assume it's going to be a, a electric cars, just just like yeah. Their their demo screens, they're like that they showed did show some like gas gauges and stuff because mm-hmm. you know, but yeah. that doesn't mean <laughs> that we're ever going to see gas gauges on these things. Um, so yeah, if you, if you're like, I'm excited for this next gen CarPlay to come to my phone. It's it's not really coming to your phone per se. It's it's coming to new cars. Yeah, I'm very curious to see what the announcement is, who they team up with. Like a company like like Hyundai, who has a whole line of electric cars that are that are pretty good, hybrids. They're not outrageously expensive, but they're not like super economy like what Apple team up with. We we heard I want to say it was last year, maybe the year before, back when Apple was making its car, still making its car, which I I'm <laughs> not sure if they are. That they yeah, were that they were talking that they were talking with, with with Hyundai as one of the manufacturers. Maybe that was this. Maybe they're working with Hyundai, so the Ionic Six will have Apple inside. Like, like I'm. It, it's it's interesting to to, to me. Is it going to just be super high end luxury cars, Audis and Mercedes and BMWs, Alfa Romeo, or are they going to appeal to more of that kind of mid mid level consumer? That does it for this episode of the Macworld Podcast, episode eight hundred and thirty six. Thanks to Jason Cross. Thank you. Thanks to Michael Simon. Thank you, sir. And thanks to you, the audience. Thank you for tuning in. You can subscribe to the Macworld Podcast in the podcast app on Spotify or through any other podcast app. If you have any comments or questions, send us an email at podcast at macworld.com or contact us through Twitter, that's at Macworld, or on the Macworld Facebook page. Join us in the next episode of the Macworld Podcast as we talk about the latest in the world of Apple. See you next time. All right. So um, here's what I want more than the headset. And I guess I'll kind of set it up first. This past weekend, uh, I was driving to my cousin's house, and then I started thinking about my car, and I was like, "Oh, my car is eleven years old." Hey, God. hey, hey God. I'm gonna we gotta pause. This dog's going crazy. All right, come on. I, I know you gotta go out. I was wondering what that noise was. I know I heard that noise, and I kind of went, "I'll just keep talking." <laughs> Jason, are you okay? <laughs>